All the unsaid words that I might be thinking And all the little signs that I might give you Though there would not be enough There would not be not over coffee and say goodbye Smile over coffee and turn to go We know the drill of Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Ken. I'm so glad you stopped by. Hey, you know the routine. Go get that cup of coffee, that virtual donut. Sit down and enjoy the show. I'm really glad you're here. If you hear some strange noise, that is because I am in the mobile studio. And so I'll try to make this uh, as clear as possible, but you'll hear some noises in the background. But that's okay. We're just in the mobile Mornings with Ken Batmobile. (laughs) Hey, would you take a stand, even if your stance um, you believe would come to an end if you were the only one to take a stance but you know the times they are changing would you still take that that stance for the principle or would you bend and cave just to be relevant and just to be on the right side the winning side Or would you take a stand and go down as on the losing team? Well, let me give a short book review. Uh, That's something I haven't really done in a long time on Mornings with Ken. But real quick, uh, a book, I'm going to kind of fly through this as fast as I can. Um, Just I don't want to bore my listeners. But um, hey, did you get that cup of coffee? I hope you did. Put some cream in it, too. Hey, the book I'm going to be reading, uh, well, I've, I read um, by Robert P. Jones is the author, Robert P. Jones, The End of White Christian America. And this was a book uh, recommended to me by someone and um, a few years back, actually. And I read it, and, and uh, I happened to read it again um, lately. And first of all, the title, The End of White Christian America, my first initial thought was, who cares? Because I don't care about white Christian America. I care about the church, the church, the universal church, the church of, of, that belongs to Jesus Christ, our Savior, Black, white, I don't care. I look at the church as the church. I think people spend too much time separating the church, black and white. I just love the church. 
But again, so we're looking at the book, The End of White Christian America by Robert P. Jones. And my uh, my first response, um, initial response, is the church will survive, political systems will fail. So the premise of the book is um, ch- churches are getting smaller, people are leaving the faith, and supposedly, according to the author of this book, Robert P. Jones, People are leaving the white church because they are, are let's see, how, how does he word it? Um, their, their values are changing. And white Christian America, white Christian uh, churches are not changing as to the culture as much as some of the liberal churches are. I mean, if you want to be hip and if you wanted to um, grow your church and, and uh, hey, go ahead and get uh, open your doors to uh, immoral stances and, and, and people that uh, accept everybody um, and uh, have no moral compass whatsoever and that's you'll be kind of popular with the media and and all that so um in, in this book it goes through the different decades um I'm not going to bore you too much it goes through how um conservative evangelicals pretty much uh ruled the roost um, throughout the decades um, and, and used their power to uh, lobby um, Congress and, and, and set things up and work with the government. And, and they claim that white American churches were too involved in politics. Um, and... But as we go through the decades, you, you start to see a great decline in the 60s and 70s. And that's when progressiveness, progressive Christianity, really started to take hold. hold. Well, religion, Christian, the Christian faith at all, uh, in whole, lost um, a little bit to Eastern religions. But of course, we had the great uh, Jesus revolution in the late 60s and 70s. But during that time, the traditional family was destroyed. It was women's liberation, um, black liberation theology. And that really brought in the progressive movement as far as the loss of moral values and traditional values were over. And it seemed like the uh, conservative Christians were irrelevant. Um, that started to change in the 80s. There was a resurgent of uh, white Christian America. I think the author titles his book incorrectly. I think what he's trying to say is the white Christian church. 
Um, I think that would have been a better title for his book um, because he's really kind of bashes um, white conservatives. Um, in, in chapter one, he talks about how um, at, at the beginning of the country, you could find churches um, that were the center of, of the town or village or center of the city. And the original purpose of those uh, churches um, began to change as they became social justice hubs instead of the, a place to preach the word of God. Um, those buildings started to change to being political uh, uh, places of political movements. <laughs> I'll skip over that. Um, he accuses, uh, in chapter one, he accuses the white Christian America of being um, triumphant, based, basing everything on being triumphal, triumphant, um, feeling of victory, a path to righteousness, um, being influ influ influential. Oh, I can't even talk this morning. Please forgive me. And 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 to seek success. Um, I think he's wrong on that. Um, I won't go into that now, but we'll, we might come back to that. Um, it, the church kind of lost its power, he says, uh, when businesses became more influential than the church. I would I would agree with that. I would agree with that part. Um, let me see here. Uh, he mentions um, how blacks took the lowest paying jobs. and uh, But in my notes, I, I noted from uh, Walter E. Williams' book, Race and Economics, by Walter E. Williams, a brilliant African-American um, economist. Um, he noted that it was the same with the Irish. The Irish um, took the lowest of the low-paying jobs. So it wasn't necessarily about race. Well, in, in the black community, it, it, and there certainly was racism, um, but also the Irish uh, also were at a disadvantage. He also talks uh, about James Foreman, an activist seeking reparations, and he wants to go back in history and find out, um, you know, how much is owed to the black community in reparations, whether you have proof of this or not, um, whether your family was a, a slave or not, um, just like Oprah you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. Uh, just like in the news, the local news. I don't know if you guys saw that at a Target store. Um, an African-American lady came into a Target store and couldn't pay for all of her items, which was over $1,000. So she wanted the store to give reparations and let her take the rest of the stuff for free. And the store said, ah, that's not how it works. And uh, and she's and this lady has uh, screamed, uh, 
racism and she wants reparations so she wants the free stuff from the target store but that's not how any of this works so yeah so it, it in the book um the author talks about the changing demographics america is changing um you know the we are becoming a uh, 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 the demographics are changing so the the white church um, will will probably get smaller. I I won't disagree with that. Um, but as the church, white church gets smaller, um, and the demographics keep changing, um, you could see the moral decline of morality within the churches itself, where um, progressive uh, churches are really uh, attacking the uh, conservative churches. Progressive churches are the hip thing to be. Um, If you want to be hip and be loved in your community, um, be a progressive church. That's not what Jesus would do. I mean, Jesus said, I believe Jesus said, um, if the world hates you, you know, the world hated me and the world would hate you. Um, the, the the world isn't supposed to be in love with uh, Christians. If it is, you're doing something wrong. Um, <laughs> later in, in, in other chapters, he talks about... Uh, uh, white Anglin Protestants was the foundation of the early Christian movement. Um, the author on page 43 of his book makes a, makes a note that, uh, white Christian America no longer sets the tone for the country's culture. And he thinks that's a good thing. And he, he, he thinks that's a great thing. Um, I say it's going to avoid is going to be, uh, created and, who knows what's going to fill that void? Um, yeah, I it, I can't believe he thinks that's going to be a good thing, because um, we see we can trace back the lack of morality all the way back to when progressivism really got a hold in America. So, in a way, I think I think the author here of this book. Um. I think his his objective was to really just say, "Hey, white church, you're you're white America. You're especially in the church. Your your time is up, you know." And and I won't necessarily disagree with him, but I I don't. He's looking at it as a good thing, and I think uh, it's it's rather it's it's a really horrible thing. First of all, it's it's horrible because you separated white and black instead of just talking about the church. I don't see it as black and white. Um, I see it as progressive and and conservative, evangelical, evangelical, and more. Um, mainline, no, not really mainline Protestant. Um, or I guess I guess progressive um, would be 
social gospel type. And um, I think you can have some of both, but I think you can see the progressive churches have our full board uh, with the uh, gospel, with the social gospel. So, um, yeah. So, um, trying to see if I want to read this next part. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I think uh, a note I made um, from Christianity Today back in 1974, Malcolm Muggeridge um, said, Even so, let me boldly and plainly say that it has long seemed to be clear beyond any shadow of a doubt that what is called the Western civilization is in an advanced stage of decomposition. I would totally agree with him. Amen and amen. It is a total decompensation. Because, uh, and, and that another dark age will soon be upon us if indeed it has not already begun. I a thousand percent agree with him. Wow. I, I, how, prof, how prophetic. Back in 1974, he said that he believes another dark age will be upon us. And he says it may have already begun. Amen and amen. Truth, truth, truth. Um, boy, I hate to bore you um, with more, but um, it's an interesting book if you're interested in, uh, uh, you know, modern history of the church and what's happening in America um, I'll rec- I would recommend the book in the sense it gives you uh, a different perspective, a different view, but I don't think it's a good view. I, I, I think it's, you know, they're saying, be careful what you wish for, you might actually get it. That's how I view this book. It's really, you know, you know, white, white Christian America in this guy's view has been horrible and uh boy we can't wait till they die off actually in the book he gives a he gives the white christian america a a uh a eulogy for, at, at a funeral he, he gives he makes up his own uh eulogy um and i don't disagree it it but god will protect his overall church um, but to put, uh, just, just to paint the white, uh, Christian America, it, it's such a, a bad light. It's, it's just crazy. And, um, uh, I'll, I might leave you with this last note from this book. Uh, the author says white Christian America rejected Obama because he was black. Absolutely not incorrect white evangelicals voted against Obama because of his social and economic stance his progressiveness um that's why in fact he did get a large number of white vote or else he, he couldn't have won but conservatives did not vote for him because we tend not to vote for things that lean um, to 
socialism and a, a decline of, of morality. And I think that's what um, white Christian America saw in Obama. Um, so, you, you know, the last point I made in my review of this book was, um, I give two examples. Um, Alan Keyes, who is an African-American conservative, uh, is rejected by the black church. Yeah, you'll never see him invited um, to a black church because he's conservative in his thinking. Candace Owen is a brilliant, brilliant young leader, African-American lady, a woman, a, a, a fabulous mind, just brilliant and just but she's conservative. She'll be. She'll never be invited to the dance, in among, um, black Christian America. She's she's too conservative. Um, you know they they she's been called so much so many, bad names. Uh, white imperialist. Um, she's been called a house negro, yellow. She's been disowned by her own people. Um. So, yeah. So the book, once again, is The End of White Christian America by the author Robert P. Jones. Check it out. Um, if you're one of my friends, you're, probably, you're not going to agree with the guy, but I think it's, it's worth a read. And, uh, hey, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. I'm going to talk about a very sensitive subject matter and I don't want anybody to be offended and I don't I just don't want to hurt anybody but this is a very sensitive uh, topic locally um, in my community in the Akron Canton area of Ohio and I first want to say um, how sorry I how sorry I am for the family of a young man who lost his life um, due to a police shooting in Akron. And I want to be as polite and kind as I can just in case um, the Walker family would ever hear this 
podcast, which I doubt, but in any case, I do extend my sympathies and my prayers and love and support to the Walker family um, to lose a son at such a young age and with his whole life ahead of him. And uh, so let me extend my prayers and sympathies towards the Walker family. Um, I've prayed for you and I continue to pray for you and uh, may the Lord bless uh, your family and uh, restore your strength, restore your faith and um, well, just restore your faith. I'll just leave it there. But in case um, those of you listening aren't familiar with the Jalen Walker um, shooting, he was a young man, um, long story short, um, pulled over for, a, I believe it was a taillight that was cracked, or I'm unsure if it was cracked or totally out. I believe it was just cracked. It was late at night. And um, uh, as the police were trying to pull him over, um, he he didn't pull over, and and uh, he was chased a little bit in a, in a car chase, and then um, later shot eighty sometimes. I'm not sure of the number. Eighty four times. Um, by the police as the police thought he was pulling a gun from his waistband. And so it was a very tragic story. Our local paper has, you know, brought out some of the details and um, the police officers are not being charged as the grand jury um, said that uh, basically they followed their procedure and they're not going to file charges against the police officers. Now, you could think about these things as logically, but when you lose somebody, there's emotion. Um, there's emotion that, go along, that goes along with it. And we want everybody to live and, and not you know, pass away in a tragic circumstances and lose their life at such a young age. And, and um, but that's what happened. The police uh, shot him. I think it was eight officers um, shot him over um, 80, 84 times or there's 84 shots fired. And um, I just think, you know, how these things could be avoided. And I was happy to see in our local paper that the um, police chief said they've taken another look at police chases trying to pull somebody over for a minor traffic violation and the police uh, chief said that they're going going to really um, change the policy and not try to chase um, people down who are maybe traveling with a minor um, traffic offense. You know, 
most likely they'll probably get the license plate number off the car and um, you know chase them down you know find out where they live and whatever or, or send them a, a ticket in the mail I'm not sure how they're going to handle that but I, I, I was glad to hear that because too many times across the country these minor offenses of traffic violations end up with somebody being harmed even I believe locally in Cleveland um, the, the police were chasing somebody and I believe it was the police car um, hit a pedestrian while chasing another car. And uh, I think it's time that we stop chasing people for minor traffic offenses. So, but again, that doesn't bring Jalen Walker back and uh, a family lost a son. And no, I mean, no one need, deserves to lose their life over a traffic stop. And I know there's all kinds of uh, details that you could discuss um, what happened prior to him being pulled over. And, but we're not going to get into the details right now. Um, that's out there. But still a a young man is gone a young black man is gone and um, I think the I think the police of chief the chief of police of Akron is making a great decision by really limiting when police can pursue somebody for a traffic violation I think it's only it only makes sense we don't need any reckless driving we don't need anybody harmed over you know not having the proper sticker on their car or a taillight being cracked or out or a headlight being out this just you know maybe at a if a car starts to to pull away maybe you let the car go and and come at it a different day so I just want to say that's that's I'm really happy with the policy, and I think I think we should do that nationwide. Um, do we really need to be chasing down minor violations for uh, uh, you know ticket fees just to you know earn money for the city or county or state? You know we do we we do have in place cameras. Um, traffic cameras around the city that takes pictures of cars speeding through school zones or um, just speeding in general. Um, I, you know, maybe we could utilize those means um, more often and, and maybe put more cameras up rather than chasing somebody because of tinted windows or, you know, and. L- I believe that the only time the police should pursue somebody is when someone's in danger, someone's in harm's way, or it's a, it's actual emergency. But let's stop chasing people for minor offenses. 
So, again, I wish the Walker family, I pray for them. I wish them the best. And uh, I'm so sorry about the son, uh, losing a son. And I do say the protesters, for the most part, in my opinion, have handled themselves pretty pretty well this time compared to the first protest. I think overall the protest has been um, well behaved. Uh, there was a minor incident in the west side of Akron and I think the police again overreacted by um, use of uh, whether it's tear gas or whatever they call it mace or, or whatever um, I think that's yeah, people have a right to protest and I don't think um, the police should be throwing little grenades of smoke and things like that into the crowd, especially when there's little children there. And uh, I don't be, you know, using mace, you could accidentally spray a, a child. And I think people need a place to vent. They need a place to hear their voice. And let's let let's let the community, our community, share their voice, whether we agree or disagree with them. They they have the right to share their voice. So, but I am very pleased that the the share uh, our police chief has uh, said they're going to look at that event of using some of the spray on the crowd and not allow that unless the situation is really out of hand. So they're gonna they're gonna kind of curtail that back. So I think some good things are coming out of this, and. Um, I love my, my city uh, that I kind of grew up in, went to school in. I no longer live in the city of Akron, but I still consider it as part of my home. And um, I think Akronites are, are better people. Um, let's, let's, let's all be better people. And, uh, you know, I, I, I met for a prayer meeting downtown Akron last week, and we just prayed over the the powers that be, the buildings that represent uh, the, the court and police and federal building and city council building, mayor's office. And, um, I, you know, I just pray that, you know, our leaders love and take care of our citizens. And us citizens, I believe, should honor and love back our leaders it's not easy leading and not every decision is the right one but I believe generally the people that lead a lot of them mean well and uh, I don't think anybody's out to, to hurt anybody purposely but hey thanks for listening to the show and I do want to just give honor um, to the Walker family and lots of love. So God bless you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Bye-bye. Jesus drove a Cadillac. I'm sure it was pure gold. 
Dave just 